This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. All right. Thank you, everybody, for being here this morning, especially uh, visitors and people that um, haven't been to the harbor before. It's such an honor to get to um, see your faces and see uh, your families this morning. As I, was, as I saw the babies up on the stage, I thought, you know what the best message would be? It would be to keep the babies up here and just talk and let you guys like, hear what, what I'm bringing, but also watch the babies because they, they can do no wrong, right? They cry. They're cute. They, you know, they laugh. They're cute. They're perfect. Um, and it's such a fun morning for us to get to share uh, just so much of what God's doing in this house and in our families. And so it's my privilege and my honor to be able to, to bring the message this morning. Um, if you're newer to the harbor or if you haven't met me or my wife personally, I, I just want to introduce myself. Um, my, my name is Spencer Lawrence, um, and my wife is the bubbly, brilliant, shining face that you probably saw. When, oh, there she is when you walked in. Um, the front door. She's amazing. Um, her and I have been a part of the harbor for about seven years now. And um, we actually met in Illinois going to Bible school. We uh, went to Bible school together and um, we fell in love doing youth ministry. And so anybody that's looking for a husband or a wife, just start doing youth ministry. And, and that could be weird, right, Darren? No. Nope. Leaders. Yeah, of course. But um, let's, let's move on. Nobody was thinking that until I said it. All right, this is a good, good foot to start off on. Anyway, so we met doing youth ministry um, in the inner city. And man, if there's ever a place for your heart to just be opened up and seen, that was it. And so we got to see each other's hearts and, and how we loved. Um, and just uh, it was just a beautiful beginning to our relationship. And so we, we fell in love and got married uh, about seven years ago, shortly after we got married, uh, we felt transition. We felt the Lord just speaking that we were about to move and leave Illinois, and we didn't quite know where. And so we just started to pray, and God, God began to speak pretty specifically about uh, where we were going to move to. There were a couple places on the map that we were considering, but uh, we had a connection to the harbor um, through uh, an amazing friend and wonderful family member, um, um, in, in, the, in the church. Her name's Shannon Adams. And so I just want to honor her. And those of you that know her, she's, she's just absolutely wonderful. She was on staff at our Bible school and she was on staff here at the harbor for, for a long time. And so I'll just, I'm going to steal one of her phrases about her, but to, to know her is to love her. And so I just want to honor that God uses relationship in our journey and in, a, in, a, in an incredible way. And so sometimes I, I think we can discredit or even sometimes discount the effect that we're having on somebody's life just simply by loving and being in relationship with them. Really. And, and, and what you don't know is you're not the leader in somebody's life. You can lead in someone's life, but, but the Lord uses you in, in the grand plan of his, his leading into, into territories and areas and places of your life that you never thought you'd live. Thus, Florida. I never thought I'd live in Florida, ever, in my whole life, because I come from the mountains in Montana. My wife comes from Indiana, two states quite a ways away, but the last thing I thought I would ever live 
around is all of the tourists and all of the snowbirds in the humidity and just packed together. That's the last place I thought I was going to live. And here we are going on seven years. God knew, man. And there's so much to that story. There's so much to that story. So before I jump into my message, um, I, w- I want to just uh, share two thoughts with you in my preparation for this message. And as I started to just pray and, and even prepare about what I was supposed to bring this morning to share, um, I'm going to be really honest. This week, there were some moments of, of real like uh, spiritual warfare. There was, we felt opposition, and I felt even against like my mind and my heart, some real like swirl, and even some things that like I just felt discouraged, and I felt like the enemy was trying to like just dunk my head deep underwater. And um, after my wife and I just prayed through that, really got before the Lord, you know, and saw, saw his peace come into that place, I felt God wanted me to just remind you that um, cover your leaders in prayer. Um, I don't know what churches you're connected to, but I want to, not as uh, the pastor of this church, I want to say, cover Darren and Wendy in prayer, you guys. Like, if, if, if you see something that needs to be fixed or changed or something that's happening in the church, that can wait and then pray about it. God will show them. He'll speak because they're seeking his heart and they're seeking his face. So if there's something you go, man, this should change or this should be better and this should be different— okay, there's probably a reason why God showed you that. And I'm just saying this in love. I really am. Because I've been in that same place. But I want to let you know that every time, and I'll probably cry a couple times this morning. That's just a caveat. Because I just, I don't want to live any other way other than my heart being open and real. It's just not worth it living any other way. But I just want to let you know, like, the little bit of what I experienced this week in preparing for this message, there's, there's so much that I know that Darren pushes into faces on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. Any leader that brings the word of God is, 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 is uh, confronted with things that, that you have no idea what it took to just get up here on a Sunday morning. But I will tell you, your prayers do more than you could ever know. Because it partners with God wants to say from this stage. And so, so even, even during the week, I've, Amanda and I have started to even build it into our, um, into our week. Anytime we think of somebody, we're just practicing praying for them. And we're just practicing covering you and Wendy. So we just want to honor and love you. Thank you for all that you do. So, so whatever house you're connected to, cover your leaders in prayer. And then the second thing I want to say, and as I was preparing for this message is, God spoke to my heart. And then I just want to share with you, get truth speakers in your life. Like, allow, and not even allow, but invite people that speak truth into your life. Even, and, and, I, and, I, and in love, I just, I'm going to say this once, so I don't say it a million times. Everything I say, in love for you. But bring people, invite people into your life that challenge you. Because there's things that, that you're believing that you think are true, but it, it takes another perspective and a truth speaker outside of your life. That, that can correct that, and you go, wow, what I was believing wasn't true. And so I just, I want to honor voices in my life like Darren and Wendy and Julie, my wife Amanda, Haley, um, John Rush. I just, th- these are people that can, that can call me out and correct me. And, and I just wanted to say that is, is I, I'm not up here just wanting to give a message. I'm wanting to communicate truth. Because you didn't come here to just be inspired. Like, I want truth in my heart. I want to I receive truth. And that doesn't just happen when you sit in a service. He didn't, God didn't design you for you to only receive truth on a Sunday morning. Really, he didn't. He wants it every day in every relationship. And so I just want to just challenge you. Evaluate your relationships right now. Who's speaking truth? Who's, who's correcting you? Because it's good. It's good for you. All right, I'm going to pray quick, and then we're going to dive into this message. Father, we want to hear your heart this morning. We want to hear you. 
Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm honored to be able to be the, uh, the voice here. But Holy Spirit, you, you're already here. Um, you're already, uh, you've been knocking on the doors of people's hearts all morning. And I just thank you for what you're doing. I thank you that um, you're just continuing uh, today with what you want to say to the depths of who we are. And so anybody in the room that is, you know, is, is like, I don't know if I want to hear God's voice. He's safe. He's good. And, and he has good things for you. So Lord, we just want that from you today. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So, as I, um, as I prayed into this message, the theme uh, that we're currently in as a church is knowing God. How many of you guys know that when you know somebody, <laughs> it means you have to learn who they are? <laughs> it's like, that's where a relationship starts. And what's so funny is we live in a world where we have social media, and you know, if, if my wife and I weren't together, we would have to you know, look up somebody's social media profile, figure out who they are, and try to get our best understanding of this person. But even on social media, that's not really who they are. You know, you get to know them by spending time with them. And so this, this uh, theme and this, this message series, Knowing God, in its simplicity means we just get to spend time with him and, and get to know him personally through relationship. And so, so I asked God, I said, God, what do you, you want to say to the church about knowing you? Like what... Okay, he's an infinite God, so how many possibilities are there to speak on on a Sunday morning? An infinite amount, right? There's an the endless amount of things we can talk about about knowing him. So many. And so I, I just sat with it, peace and quiet, shut off my phone, and I said, God's, you know, like, what is it you want to say? And sometimes that's all it takes. Turn off the phone, turn off everything, and just listen. And a lot of times it, it'll be quiet, it'll be simple, but it's him. And it's good. It's marked by peace. But I heard God say this. I heard God say, um, you're, 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 to say you're to say and you're to teach on that my strength in the coming years, <clears throat> in the future, my strength will be seen in sensitivity. My strength, God, the strength that we're looking for in the earth, the God that we're crying out for to move and shift and bring breakthrough, is we're going to actually see his strength move in sensitivity. And we love to focus on our strengths, so we're going to talk about strengths this morning. And I, being a sensitive person, being a walking heart, I was like, yay, I love that theme. I feel like I'm a, really, like a sensitive person. I feel like that's something I do really well at. But, but I had to be really honest, and I had to sit with it for a moment because I didn't respond with a, yay, I get to speak originally. When Darren asked me, I actually didn't want to. And I had to go, okay, what am I feeling? What am I really feeling? Why, why don't I want to speak? I was hesitant to speak because I felt weak. I, I, honestly, I didn't feel like I had anything to say up here that could be of any help. I, I felt like because of the enormity of what is swirling in our world, that there was nothing I could bring that was powerful or profound. But God wanted to show me what was really going on in my own heart, not what I could make happen in this room. He sees strength, and he, his, his, his desire is to strengthen us. But he also sees weakness because he's a God that sees the whole person. We see in part at any given moment, at, at any time of the day, we, we're only seeing what we see. But he sees all of it. So not only uh, is, does he want to like bring a message this morning about strength, but I, but I believe it has to begin with weakness because Weakness isn't fun to feel, but 
This is something that I've been walking through in my life. If we don't really feel, if we're not really feeling what we, our feelings, then we can't heal. I'm going to say that again. I know it's really simple. But if we don't feel, we can't heal. It's like having a wound in your body. It's like, go to the doctor, well, what hurts? Like, I, like, I don't know. He can't help you <laughs> if you don't tell him what hurts, right? Same thing with God. He's like, God, this is what's going on. We have to really feel to heal. But God took it a step further, and he spoke to my heart. He said, but if we don't heal, we won't understand the work he's doing in the world. Because the work he's doing in the world is, I, I think, different than how we approach it sometimes. I think the way that we approach the world sometimes is we see people feeling and we see people expressing their pain and we go, here's the, here's the choices you need to make differently. They do. These are the things that have to change in your life. Maybe your attitude, maybe your relationships, maybe, you know, X, Y, Z, stop using this substance, whatever. These things aren't helping. But what's really going on is that's a byproduct of pain. That's a byproduct of what's going on on the inside. So God goes, I want my church to not pray for healing in somebody else, ask for, ask for change in the world or, 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 you know, move in the world and then go, God, good, you fixed the world. He's like, I want to show the church personally what I want to do outside of the walls of the church by healing their hearts individually. Your heart. So, so, so when your feelings start to get swirly, I just want to like say right now, or, and when you start to just get angry or sad or what, whatever it is, sit with that and invite Jesus in it. Invite God in it. Because I promise you his desire is to show you what's really going on and to bring healing to that place. And when you see what he does in you, you're going to look at the people differently. You are. Because you go, I was there. But I know where he is, he's at in my pain also. We begin to love differently. There's the first cry. I'm sorry. Awesome. So we're going to jump into just these two themes, weakness and strength. And I'm going to, I'm going to go as fast as I can. Um, we, each one of us understands weakness in our own way. We know ourselves other than God. We know ourselves better than anybody. We know what we're hiding. We know what we're really feeling, even though this is on the outside. On the inside, it's like, you know, it's like we really know what's happening on the inside. And so when it comes to weakness, we're already familiar with it. But often there's, there's shame as it relates to weakness. Why? Because this is a vulnerable place. Like when we really talk about our weakness, like if we were to really go, here, here, here's where I'm weak. Here's what's really going on in me. That's a vulnerable place. Also, I think another reason why there's shame attached to weakness is because literally I looked up the definition of weakness and in, in, in the, uh, the dictionary, in uh, Webster's Dictionary, it said the definition of weakness means feeble, inadequate, or defective. That, that's, that's currently how the world views weakness. So if God wants to be connected to weakness, then we actually have to understand his definition of it. Because how we define it is feeble, inadequate, and defective. That's why we don't want to go near it. That's why we don't even want to identify with weakness. But if we're honest with weakness, the, the, the deeper reality isn't that we don't want to identify with feeling feeble, inadequate, or defective. It's that weakness means we have needs. And weakness means we have to ask for help. 
period. And I'm going to tell you what, it's taken me 31 years of life to realize that's not bad. Because at the core of that is just a a child wanting to trust, asking for help, and wanting to know that somebody will help. It's just in every single one of us that's at the core is is, is a child desiring to trust. So we, for too long as humanity, have equated the words need and help with weakness. I need something. Please help me. Therefore, I'm weak. But God has actually designed weakness, and he's actually designed our need and our need for help to be a bridge of connection so we're not living isolated, so we're not living bottled up, so we're not living like, I'm good, so I can take care of you. But we're really not helping somebody else. I mean, we, we can say and we can you know, serve, and that's beautiful. God blesses that. But what people are wanting, they're like, I want relationship. I want connection. That's what we were created for. And that happens in the deepest place in our place of need and help. The more you know your own weakness and you don't punish yourself, you don't run from it, or you don't hide it, the more you really know yourself. And the more you really know yourself, then you really know what you need. And you really know where you need love. God's strength in your weakness will not be at the expense of his love for you. So much, I'm going to say that real, uh, again. God's strength in your weakness, because we're talking about weakness and strength. But God's strength in your weakness will not be at the expense of his love for you. I'm going to sit with that for a second. That's why we, we pray prayers. God, why aren't you helping? Why aren't you giving me strength? Why aren't you fixing this situation? Why aren't things different? Why, why, why? And he goes, I'm, I'm actually not doing that. We can do that t- together. But what I'm doing is I'm, I'm trying to love you. Because you're actually asking me to take care of a need that I can and will meet but I want to meet the greater need first. I want to meet the need of your heart first. If we don't feel, we can't heal. God is in the business of healing. So I want to look at a few verses as it relates to weakness and see how God sees. First verse is, uh, sec- if you have your Bibles, you can open them up or your phone. Um, anytime that like, we dive into the word, uh, there's just something that God has for you. Not just for us, but there's something that he will speak to you. Keep it. It's yours. He, he's a God that loves to give good gifts. We say that all the time, but I can't think of a service I've ever been in where God wasn't saying something and hadn't, hadn't given something to me specifically. So, um, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. Um, I would just want to say every, probably uh, the first three verses that we read, you're familiar with, but I just pray that there would be a new grace to see them differently. So um, this first verse is, uh, I'll say that again, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. There we go. Uh, it'll probably rotate through the screen. This is Paul speaking. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect, where? In weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that, let's read this together, Christ's power may rest on me. I want to read that one more time together. So I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, 
I delight in weakness, weaknesses, insults, and hardships, in persecutions, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I have to say this super quickly for just the, our theology and our, and our view of God. It says, in order to, at the beginning, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in the flesh, flesh a, mess, a messenger of Satan. If we read that incorrectly, then we, realize, then we read, God gave Paul a demon. He didn't. I just have to say that he didn't do that. The word uh, was given, I did a deeper dive into that means, uh, given over to. So Paul's being really vulnerable here. here He's saying, I was already conceited. I was already in a a place of selfishness. And God saw not only like what was going on, but he he wanted to show me where he was at in my selfishness and my pride and my own strength. So all God did was go, okay, you can step into your own selfishness, pride, and, and your own strength. And the result of that was um, a thorn in the flesh, a, a, demonic, a, um, a demonic attack. And the beauty of that is, before we get like, scared in this moment, is that God doesn't need demons to work. But, it, but we read in the Bible that it's in the very place of our enemy that he wants to set a table. We've heard that all the time, but he does. Here's a, here's a perfect example of it in Paul's life. Literally, God's setting a table in, in the presence of, of an enemy, of a real enemy of his soul. And, and, and Paul begins to feed off of it. That's why, I know we've all heard this verse so many times, but this is the context. Paul's feeding in, in the presence of an enemy right here. So this is wild. There's so much to, to dive into, but we're going to keep moving. Um, Paul, Paul asked God three times, please take this away from me. But that's not what God's doing. God's not saying, like, okay, I'm going to remove this from you. He says, I actually want to show you more about myself in this moment of your, of your weakness. So, so we've heard this so many times, but, but I, want to, I want to take a fresh, fresh look at it. God's response to his prayer, please take this attack away. Please take this pain away. Please take this hardship away. As he says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. It's in Paul's weakness that God is saying, I want to show you who I am. That's the kind of God he is. Sometimes we go, when I'm out of the pain, then I'll see you better. When I'm out of the whatever, I can't pay my bills, then, like, when we, get, when we fix this, then I'll get alone with God, and then I'll see him more clearly. And it's like, God's like, no, I actually want to meet you right in the, in the, in the space of need. I want to meet you right in the place of pain. It's beautiful. God says, my grace is sufficient for you. He doesn't say, Paul, your grace is sufficient for you. The grace that you're carrying, what you're doing is enough. Do it yourself. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. He says, my power is made perfect in weakness. The word sufficient, we've just had such a wrong interpretation of this before because we think it means enough. But, but if you do more, more research on the word sufficient, it actually means, its Latin root means the meeting the need of. Sufficient means meeting the need of. And I hope this blesses your heart this morning. But the, the Greek meaning of the word, I'm sorry, the Greek meaning of the word sufficient actually means to be possessed by an unfailing love. So what God is saying here is, in Paul's weakness, he says, my grace possesses you with an unfailing love. In his weakness. <laughs> Somebody write that down if that spoke to your heart. Oh, I love you, little one. You're perfect. <laughs> she is. She really is. Get this second part. My power. Oh, guys, I've read this verse my whole, my whole life. I've read this verse, but I never read it this way. God says, 
to Paul, my power is made perfect in weakness. Get this. That means that his power isn't perfect unless it's met weakness. <laughs> God says, my power is made perfect in weakness. That means his power. He said it. God, I'm sorry. God said it. Paul didn't say it. So we can hold God to his word, right? We can. We just can. Because he said it. He's faithful. He says, my power is made perfect in weakness. So that means God's power isn't perfect until it's met weakness. I'm going to preach for one hot minute, okay? As if I haven't been. But I'm going to get passionate for a minute. <sighs> Do you want to know where revival's going to move? It's going to break out in the earth? Like, it's, it's, it's moving and it's happening in churches and in services. But if we take this verse seriously, that his power is made perfect in weakness, that's like revival's marked by the power of God, isn't it? We've been praying for it as a church, and we've been believing for it for so long, and we're seeing first fruits of it. It's beautiful. But if you really want to have God's eyes for where revival is coming from, begin to look at the, the, the greatest needs of the earth and intercede for those places because his power is drawn to need. His power is drawn to weakness. He said, because his power is made perfect in those places. Bill Johnson says, it's actually our weakness that attracts his strength. This doesn't mean that we aren't bold. We, we are created to be bold. But here's the, here's the thing. You are, we have to be so crucially aware of where our boldness is coming from. We have to. Because if we know our boldness is coming from his power and our weakness... Our response is what Paul does. We boast about our weaknesses. I don't know if I've ever understood that verse as clearly as I do now. That's, that's the reason why I can, we can like boast about our weaknesses. Because it invites his power to come in and be made perfect. Come on. Jesus, you're so good. Second verse. I wanna, um, man, so much to say. So little time. But we're going we're gonna to move on. Um, Isaiah 40, 27 through 3. Um, this is God speaking through the, uh, the prophet Isaiah. And God saying to his people, Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you complain, Israel? Why do you say that my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? That the, that the Lord is an everlasting God. The creator of the heavens and the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Come on. I'm going to read that one more time. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Oof. Do you hear that last part? He increases the power of the weak. That means like when we're weak, we don't feel like we have any power. But, but, but God's speaking to his people here and he goes, I increase the power, your power in weakness. So he's saying like, you don't think you, you're powerful when you're weak. You don't think you are. You actually don't believe you are. But when you're weak, that's where I come in and I take what little you have. We see it in Jesus' ministry so many times. What do you have to feed these people? Nothing. Well, what do you have? Fish and loaves. This is what I have. That's all he's asking for. What do you have? Because I want to empower that. I want to increase that power. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. 
Um, God is speaking through the, his prophet Isaiah here. But here's the beauty of the prophetic is the prophetic doesn't just encourage and, and give hope. The prophetic calls us up out of deception. It calls us out of depression. And it calls us up out of seeing our lives through our own eyes. God speaking through Isaiah. And so I just love this. Because what, what, the, the, what uh, Israel is believing here is that they're hidden from God. And that they're just disregarded and thrown away from God. And, and what, what the prophetic does in this moment, what God's spirit does in this moment, is it comes in and says, do you not know? Have you not heard? You, you already know this. I want to remind you of it. I want to call your spirit up to receive the power that I have for you. It's beautiful. It says that he will not grow tired or weary. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Get this. He it says that twice. People can't give you strength. I'm sorry, they can help you. I can go eat a meal, I can go sleep and recharge this body, but the strength I'm really looking for, it's not, it can't be found just in another person. I mean, I'm not saying that like people don't help, they really, really do, but it's, it's, the, power, it's the power of God that we're looking for, the strength of God that we're looking for, like it's, it's something that people can't give. That's why it says he will not grow tired or weary, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Get this, if God, is our, if God is our source, if he's the source of our strength, then we were designed for an eternal source. Hmm. God, when God gives strength, when God gives strength, he's not a God that says, I'll do it for you. Here, I just, I helped, and I'm, I'm out of the picture. When God gives strength, he gives himself. So we've talked about weakness, and we've talked about that weakness is a canvas for God's grace and his power. <laughs> I want to read this real quick. Definition of the earth, definition of our world uh, as it relates to weakness. Feeble, inadequate, defective. God says, weakness, by my definition, is a canvas for me to paint with grace and power in your life. So if that's how he views weakness, which is nothing less than beautiful. How, how does he view strength? I alluded it to at the beginning that our strength is meant to be empowered through sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. We were made each and every single person in this room, every one of you and everybody on the planet, we are made in God's image. So if we're talking about God's strength, he's a God that has strength. He's a God of strength. That means that you inherently have a God-designed strength in you because you're made in his image. God, with great pride, put the strengths that you have in you because it's his joy to see you live in them. And for people in the room that are like, I, I don't know what my strengths are. At one point in my life when I was younger, I was strong. There, there's all sorts of things when we talk about strength that come up. <laughs> but I want to say that probably, if, if we just sit with it for a moment, our strengths are found in, in the things that just come and flow naturally out of us. We don't have to try. It doesn't mean that there's not work. It doesn't mean that there's not effort sometimes. But it's the thing that your heart comes alive in. It's the things that you, that God created you in his image that you just go, well, I'm just naturally good at this. And, but, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself, but 
it, I'm naturally good at this. So, so if you need any kind of like encouragement this morning of like where your strengths are, sit, sit with, with God for a moment and go, God, what are the things that when I'm in a room or when I'm with people or where I'm with, with whatever, it doesn't matter what it is, art, people, business, it doesn't matter. The things that come naturally to you, there's strength on that. The second thing is, is that God wants to reveal his strength in your joy. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So what brings you joy? Like really, not what makes you like happy, what distracts you, what kind of movies like do you like best? I love movies. What is it that you go like, I come alive when I do this. Like I like can't stop smiling. I, this is my favorite thing. <sighs> there's probably an indication that there's strength connected to that. It's really, it's the truth. It's the nature of God. God doesn't go, hey, I'm going to make it really hard to find your strengths. Oh, and the things that you enjoy, yeah, you just got to do those when you're not at church, when you're not serving me. No, he designed them to work and flow and operate together. It's beautiful. In our strength, we also have to be honest that it's probably an area, if we know our strengths, there's, there's a bunch of strength finder tests out there please go take one. I used to hate them. I did. I'm serious. I hated strength finders test because I felt like it was trying to like define me. There's always these people and I was one of them. Like, don't tell me who I am. I know who I am. Oh, thank you. I feel heard. I feel heard. It's real. But the more I understood it, I, the more I learned about what strengths look like and what strengths were on the inside of me, the more I was able to give myself permission to be who God created me to be. And literally go, you made me. You're like this. This is what your strength looks like. And this is what it looks like in me. And I don't want to live any other way. I want to live in the strength that you created me for. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're running out of time. So I'm going to not jump into the last verse that I wanted to talk about. But I will just say this. King David is a brilliant example of what, what sensitive strength looks like. He just is. He, King David is, he started as a shepherd and a warrior. That's where he started before he was king. But the strength, the strength that he carried came from the Lord. Like it was his very nature that God gave him. So get this, is Jesus was, Jesus was meant to come from a kingly lineage. That means that before David was ever born, he was, Jesus was in the line of David. So this means before David was ever born, he was a king that. Like God, God put him on the earth before he ever knew he was a king. Right? Like David was a shepherd. He wasn't, in his family, he wasn't supposed to be a king, but God knew he was. And God puts, puts a king on the earth. So it's not just a position. It's, it's literally who he is. It's who God made him to be. And so we see a king. This room is full of kings. This room is full of queens. Really. I'm not just saying that. It's, it's, it's real. But King David ruled his, his kingdom with a culture of praise. Why? Because that's how he lived as a shepherd. King David fought. King David ruled. He ruled his kingdom with a culture of worship. But he went to war with the heart of a shepherd. Oh, so that for a second. He really did. He really did. Because when he, when, he, when he approaches Goliath, he goes, I've fought bears and lions before. They came to steal the sheep. And I 
struck them down and killed them. And this giant is no different. (laughs) What kind of confidence and strength does it take to see that way? (laughs) A heart that's sensitive. A A heart that goes... I love like a shepherd therefore I'm going to fight like one I'm going to do war like a shepherd you want to know how Jesus does war like a shepherd he really does because he is the shepherd he's the archetype he's inviting us into that strength get this well yeah I'm going to close here God didn't just create us to be strong. He created us to live in victory. Come on. God didn't just create us to be strong. He created us to live in victory. For the opposition to our identities, our anointings, and our families to fall. But victory comes through His Spirit. Zechariah 4, 6. I'm sure many of you have heard it. God says, this is my last point. I want to share a quick story as we close. God says in Zechariah 4, 6, you will not succeed or be victorious by your own power. Not by my, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Why would God not allow for victory to be found in our strength, our might, our power? Bill Johnson says that what we achieve, we have to sustain. And I just want to end on that. If, if our victories are achieved by us, we have to keep sustaining our own victories. We have to keep being the ones that fight for ourselves, fix our own problems, be victorious. But if we partner through sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit brings victory, and He will continue to bring victory. Simply when we just say, yeah, I need you, I love you, and I'm sensitive to what you're doing, you are my strength. I want to share this story. What does this look like? What does strength and sensitivity look like? I'm going to, I know it's a little bit of a longer service. I'm going to make this, this story short, but I had probably one of the most powerful encounters with God about a month ago that I've had in a long time. Powerful. And it didn't happen because I got, you know, alone with God and I was like, God, show me your face. And then in my, in my backyard, clouds parted. I was like, there you are. It actually happened here on the stage. I was playing drums and we played a worship set and I was really in my head. I thought that I would be strong if I really focused on my weaknesses and I fixed them. Oh, that's a good way to get strong, Spencer. Hyper-focus on your weaknesses, fix them so that you can be strong. It's a very human way of thinking and not to say that we don't, you know, can't progress and get better in our lives but I was very focused I'm gonna be honest with you I love worship it's my favorite thing but I was very focused on how well I was playing and I was and after the service after the service I um wasn't happy and I was actually pretty disappointed in myself like I said at the beginning of the message I, I started you know kind of punishing myself for my weaknesses it's human nature it's the culture we live in it's not how God lives it's not how he loves and um It was, a, it was a really powerful worship set. For those people in the room, there was like dancing and some freedom in the room. It was powerful. Tabo let out an incredibly spontaneous like moment. 
It was just so, so powerful and so good. But I, but I missed it. I was, I wasn't even, my heart wasn't even able to see what God was doing in the room because I was so focused on my weaknesses. So all, that was all I could think about, how, how broken I was, how messed up I was. And then we get back into the back room, and Tabo's giving me permission to share this, so I'm not, like, sharing news that he, he's like, don't share that. But we get into the back room, and um, we're processing the service, and we're processing worship, the worship set, and talking about what happened. And Tabo begins to say, I just have to let you guys know where I was worshiping from today. And so we all, we all listen. And then Tabo starts to cry. And he, start, he starts to ugly cry. <laughs> like, ugly and sobbing. And I love sensitivity. I'm a sensitive dude. But I was like, what's happening? And it felt uncomfortable, you guys. Just, I'm going to say this for me, it was uncomfortable. <laughs> And Tabo, Tabo shared, he said, guys, today I was worshiping because the night we had practice, I got home. And my wife said to me, our son couldn't wait for you to get home. Our, our, our son said to me, mom, I can't wait for dad to get home. And he said, well, why is that? And, well, she, sorry, his wife, his wife asked his son, well, why, why is that? Why can't you wait for dad to get home? And his son said, I can't wait for dad to get home to tell him I love him. It's so simple. This little, little boy is going like, I, I cannot wait for my dad to get home. I can't wait to hear the door open. I can't wait to hear his car outside because I can't wait to tell him I love him. And Tabo said, that's where I was worshiping this morning because I saw my son's love for me and I wanted to love God like that. And God so gently, but very firmly, very kindly just said in my heart, he said, that's not where you're at. Spencer, I love you, but that's not where your heart's at right now. He said, Spencer, you're a child right now that when you hear the car outside, when you're sitting in service and you know I'm in the room, you want to pick up your toys. You want to clean yourself up. You want to get yourself ready to show me what, what you did. You, you want to show me your strengths. You want to show me how strong you are. And there's something so awesome about that. But he said, it's preventing you from being excited just to have a relationship with me. For your dad to be home just to love me. You're focusing on your weaknesses. You're trying to be strong. And all the while, I'm coming in the room. I'm opening the door. And if you're really honest, you're afraid of how you look. And it's preventing love from actually happening. It's preventing you from getting excited again. And you guys, I've been in church my whole life. My whole life. I've played so much worship. But this wrecked me. And I went home and sobbed. And I told my wife, this is what God's speaking to my heart. But God spoke to me as I was preparing this message. He goes, that's what strength and sensitivity looks like. It's a child that's willing to go, Dad, the floor's a mess. My life's a mess. 
whatever it is is a mess, but I'm so excited because I know you love me unconditionally. And here's the best part is, God told me, he said, Spencer, the reason a child has toys is so they can play. So they can play. A mess is a part of play. And God said, the reason you play drums is so you can play. And I don't know what you need to hear. I don't know what your heart needs to hear this morning. But the reason that you have the the permission to make a mess is so you can play again. So you you don't have to be afraid of not doing it perfectly. And so that you and God can actually like have that connection again. So I want to do something as we close. They're going to close with a, uh, with just some, some worship. But if you would, uh, if you would just close your eyes and bow your heads with me, I'm just going to, I'm going to pray, but I'm, I'm going to ask you just to do something really simple. I'm going to ask you, would you in your own heart, ask God where you're at? what you're focused on, what you're trying to do, and anything that might be standing in the way. Ask God to show you where, where you're at. And then I want you, I want you while, while worship is happening, I want you to just ask God, God, where are you? Where are you right now? And I promise you, he's going to show you. So Father, I thank you that in the same way, you met me in a place of my heart was hard. I was disappointed in myself. There was a lot going on. And you just, you just show me where I was really at. I just We invite you, Holy Spirit, to show us where we're at. There's no shame and weakness. We've already talked about that this morning. It's actually an invitation to, to experience perfect love. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd open the eyes of our hearts. I pray you'd even show us like moments throughout the week where we're really at. God, I pray that you would show us where you are. Where you are. What you're doing. How you love. How you, how you see us. Remind us again. For hearts in the room that haven't heard your voice in a while. I, I, I speak over hearts of sons and daughters in the room that like, maybe it's been a while since you got in church and your heart got excited literally just to love your dad. It's that simple. God, we say come. And would you show us who you are again fresh this morning? Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.